0: Well, good afternoon. Happy New Year to everybody. Another great day here uh, in Fargo. We're excited that uh, we're able to get into Fargo Dome today. We'll have three straight practices in the Fargo Dome um, beginning this afternoon leading up to us leaving on Wednesday. So uh, things are really good. The the um, We'll kind of just talk about this right off the bat, and then we can get it over with. Uh, so appreciative of, of uh, Matt Larson and the NDSU administration for allowing me to coach, keep it going as as we are. appreciate it. appreciate uh, Gene Taylor, and um, Kansas State for allowing it as well. And um, everything is great in the football office. Matt Ince and I are totally aligned with everything. Um, our wives are totally aligned. There's no rift. There's no issues. Uh, I know that some people like drama. There is no drama. And uh, excited because uh, our focus with the staff, our focus with the players is on going out and executing to the best of our ability against a really good Eastern Washington team uh, come Saturday. So we have three really important practices to get in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, because we did lose a little bit of time with some guys getting stranded late last week. And we'll catch that up uh, here in the next three days with some extra walkthroughs and things. But uh, we're excited about the challenge and excited to uh, head to Frisco and see what we can do against a really good team. So we'll open it up. Are you practicing Wednesday here? Yeah, we are. Is that different than that that's or? different in past years for two reasons. One, um, just able to get another practice in under the uh, environment where we know it is inside. Last year, I thought the fields were really slick down there outside because they'd had some rain and some freeze uh, issues, and so uh, we wanted to get one in uh, this in the morning. and that way, we don't leave till the afternoon, and so uh, maybe makes it a little shorter day down there.
1: Different
0: every year, and maybe what's different this year? Um, it's uh, it's different every year because you're bringing a new football team down there. But our routine's not any different, other than like Mike asked of, us practicing here on Wednesday. I mean, for us, as long as we get a good script day in on Wednesday and Thursday, and get acclimated back to the grass uh, on Thursday, our guys know when our when our meetings are. They know when our walkthrough is. They know when the um, the barbecue bowl is, they know when the banquet is, they know all those things. And I think this, this year, well, I know this year we're at a different hotel than we've been in the past, but uh, um, it'll be great hospitality.
1: Chris, has Easton made up his mind about the patent ceremony on
0: Friday? Night? Yeah, no, we're still talking about it. Um, and uh, I wanted him to get through uh, this week's prep, you know, and, and we have a seat for him. And um, we'll, he and I will visit again probably before we get on the plane on Wednesday.
1: Do you have a preference?
0: Uh, it's totally up to Easton. It, it really is. And, and uh, it, I understand the concerns if, if he doesn't go and concerns if he goes. I know this, it's it's an 11 a.m. game in the morning and I don't know what time they announced that uh, pretty late. So um, we're still kind of going through some of those scenarios. Yeah, uh, Matt's gonna be there and Coach Hedberg and I are gonna be there, his family's gonna be there, so there'll be plenty of people uh, representing NDSU and representing the stick family and, and we'll we'll determine with Easton later on this week. You
1: mentioned on the conference call you might be getting a little bit more injury information. Have you gotten any of the updates? Do you
0: anticipate a full conference? I I, I hope so. You know, we're still limited with Seth, we're still limited with Bruce. Uh, we didn't practice yesterday. We had long walkthroughs. Everybody was involved. And, and so we'll go this afternoon and, and see how much those guys can do. They're going to try to move around a little bit more today. Uh, but they're in all the meetings. They're in all the walkthroughs. Those would be the two, uh, Seth and Bruce, that would be, I would say, questionable. Um, but I'm those hopeful. Would
1: have been stressed if the game would have been sooner?
0: Oh, without question, yeah. Were you
1: surprised that Lance was... Good to go. I know we visited a couple weeks ago, that might be Well,
0: yeah, when we had our practices right after the South Dakota State game, uh, you could tell he was moving around great, but was he going to really be able to carry the ball in just the one arm? Was he going to be able to pass pro? Was he going to be able to fend people off? And then when we we were able to take the five days off and come back, he just felt so much better, so much stronger. And he's practiced um, each of the last three days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and has looked really good to the point if he won't have the brace on uh, on Saturday, which will be really uh, good for him as, as far as being able to catch the football. And, and I, I would assume, and I'm planning on a f- pretty full speed Lance Dunn. How beneficial is it to have seen Eastern
1: Washington the, in the recent past a couple of times?
0: Well, I, I think it's a benefit from a personnel standpoint, but it's probably not from schematics just because they've, they have really adjusted uh, a bunch from 2016, and then you look at even – what we did, or 2017, what we did last year against them uh, was Coach Best's first year, uh, and he's had his footprint and fingers, fingerprints on a little bit more of the game plan and how they do things offensively and defensively. I just think, from a personnel standpoint, you know, if you're an O-line D lineman, you've maybe gone against the guy across from you, and um, you know, it's a, it's a, an advantage or a benefit, but they have the same advantage.
1: Obviously. but
0: what can you really say about his fingerprints on it and what stands out about his team? Physicality, period. I, I knew he was going to put uh, uh, that physical touch onto it and, and want to run the football, and they've done an extraordinary job rushing the football. Um, they're so much better defensively this year, I believe, than they were last year, uh, and uh, you, you can just tell. Year two, you just get more guys probably bought in, more guys believing in in the culture you have, more guys believing in what uh, you're trying to get across with. You need to be able to run the football, and you need to be able to stop the run to have a chance to be successful long-term in the playoffs, and um, they're doing a really good job of that.
1: Crockett had a a jump pass through the the screen to Joe Hag. How tempting is it to kind of put in a few
0: extra I think everybody will have a few extra wrinkles. I'm sure they will as well, whether it's on special teams, offense, a new alignment on defense. Uh, you know, you're still going to do what you do uh, that has enabled you to get to this point, but uh, you also have three weeks to prepare, and and uh, you don't want to over-prepare, but you do want to add a, add a couple wrinkles here and there, especially – I think the benefit is the with the three weeks off, and I still think the three weeks is a little bit too long, but the amount of self-scout that you can do to look at yourself and say, boy, I didn't realize on third down we did that as much as we did, or on first and 10 we did that as much. Uh, and so it's enabled us as a staff to look at it and say, okay, how do we break a few of these tendencies? you
1: guys gotten pretty close on figuring out who your four-game guys will be that will
0: suit up on Saturday? Well, um, the main one I would say would be Dimitri because he has that fourth. Um, whether or not it's as a wide receiver, special teams, he'll be on special teams for sure. Um, he'll spot play on offense. But uh, he has his fourth, and so we're excited about using him. Obviously, Seth would have his fourth. Uh, and um, we'll see how what he can do with these next couple of days of practice. I know you have a job to do, but is there a part of you this week that feels a little bit different That's Taking a moment to enjoy every little thing a little bit more? Um, boy, I really haven't had time to think about that, Beth. I, I probably should. Um, but no, I, I always when you get to this time, and, and we've been here uh, pretty frequently, you always just cherish that time with your seniors because they're such a special group of guys. And, and each year, it's been like that. So that's what I think you do as a coach in general. Um, no matter what anybody's circumstance is beyond the game, is just making sure that you take the time and enjoy the time with the seniors. And that's what uh, I've tried to do over the last 10 days, and we'll continue the next five or six. Would you suspect that Milstack is going to play? And if he does, how does he change the game? At home defensively? Well, I don't know um, whether or not he's playing or not. He's an excellent football player. I, obviously, from a depth standpoint and from a, a guy that's played a lot of snaps and is a difference maker player. Um, they would want him to, to be in there and, and get those reps. And, you know, it's no different from us having a, a really good player on the inside. Boy, if you, if you take that person out, then where are you going to find those 25, 30 snaps? And uh, he's a tremendous football player, and uh, we are planning on if he's playing. I mean, everything that we've done, because he, he is a, a player that you have to know where he's at, and uh, we're, we're anticipating him playing. Game
1: planning for Christian and the same even as game planning for Shore last year
0: help you out a little bit with Barry a. other than the fact that we had seen those two guys before uh that probably was maybe not easier but uh um you know we were aware of Christian's talents and Shores talents and I'm really impressed with the quarterback. I think he's a tremendous player outside the pocket. He he can do some things inside the pocket. He throws the ball really well. He's getting more and more comfortable. Just when when things break down, he makes plays. You know, it's no different than Easton or uh, Christian or any of those guys. That's the that's the difference maker in what college football's become right now. Is uh, when when the play breaks down. You have a guy that can that can extend the play with his legs, and and whether he looks downfield and completes a pass or runs, and, and that's what I've been so impressed uh, with him is his ability to make plays when it breaks down.
1: Chris, how good is the younger Cup brother? I know you got to see Cooper
0: up close. How good is captain? He's a really good player. You know, he visited here, yeah. uh, and I was really impressed with with he and his dad when they came here on the visit, and uh, he's had an excellent career there, and um, he's. He's obviously their quarterback of their defense and, and does a great job. You're a safety at heart, Chris. Can
1: you assess Grimsley, what he's
0: meant to you? Overall? Oh, boy. Grims has is, is made our life on defense and Coach Kleinman and Coach Ince's life so much easier because he he understands the game so much. You tell him something once and he's going to remember it. Um, he, he remembers game plans from previous years. Uh, he, he understands our system. Uh, understands what a quarterback sees and how that he can confuse a quarterback. And uh, when you have a guy like that, and really James is doing the same thing now. He's just only been doing it for a little over a year. You have two guys that uh, understand the game of football so well and uh, in, in, in their ability to disguise what we're in. Um, it's it's a big impact, and I'm excited for for Robbie to get one more chance to, to play, and for me to watch him. Can
1: I take it back to that first game in Montana because he didn't think he was going to play that game? Do you recall? You just did you just throw him in there?
0: Uh, well, we knew he had a potential potentially a chance to play, and we were we were beat up a little bit, and we didn't have if I recall we didn't have CJ, so we were moving Demps around, we were moving Champ around, and and then Jalen got hurt, and uh, we threw him in there, and and. Uh, I don't know if Grimms would tell you he was ready or not, but uh, competitiveness, competitive wise, he was, and uh, he just became so much better. I, watching him from game one that year to the championship game was was light years difference, and uh, um, you know for for him, he did get uh, the full benefit of that freshman year and had a great year.
1: Was it always defense when he came out of Hutchinson and said
0: this is the spot because he was a great Mr. Football player? I know, yeah, uh, well, that was how we looked at him all all along, and and he'd probably want to return more punts kicks uh, than he has over the, the four years, and he's done some really good things on, on punt return. But uh, when you have somebody that impacts the game as much as he does on defense, same thing, you always worry about those kids carrying the football. They haven't carried the ball a whole lot, and, and so we've kept him on defense, and he'll probably be on a few more special teams. That's the, the thing that uh, I think everybody will see is, uh, a few more starters on some of those special teams uh, come Saturday. What yes. you talk know about Ben Newman's role with the Bison since you've been head coach and his name came up down in Manhattan and you were talking to about down there? Yep. Ben yeah, Ben's been great for for our program as far as, as motivational talks and, and shooting text to us coaches and things and um, you know we were able to get to know him through uh, Mike Shepard, a former player, and um, through Craig Dahl, and, and it was. Cool for him to be a part of it, and I think he's been a part of it for four years. Now he's a part of Alabama's program, and, and uh, uh, he knew Tyler, and Tyler brought him in here, and, and um, he's made an impact on a lot of guys. What's the main
1: message that you tell your defense when you roll them out there on a Saturday about defending this Eastern
0: Washington? Well, it comes down to simple things. Um, cannot have a, give up explosive plays. You have to do a great job, what we say, keeping the cup and tackling and having great lane integrity. Uh, in rushing the passer. Uh, We have to find a way to get a few turnovers. And um, this is an offense that's really good that's going to move the football. And so uh, both sides of the ball, red zone success will be critical. And so we cannot panic if they make a play and get it inside the 10, get it inside the 15. You know, if we can hold them to a field goal, you know, the field goals typically don't beat you. And um, that's uh, what we need to be able to do because they're going to move the football. They're too talented not to. (laughs)
1: It's <laughs> not fair, but how special really has Easton been to this university and how incredible is that lineage of having that level of quarterback play for almost
0: a decade? Yeah, it's remarkable to say the least how how much all three of those guys have done on the field, off the field, what they've done for the history of Bison football, what they've done to create their – each each has their own legacy in a different way. Um, and I, I, you're right, I'm very fortunate that I was able to – be an assistant and a coordinator, watching Brock, and then uh, be the head coach for Carson for his two years and, and Easton for all five of his. And um, you know, each each guy learned something from the guy before him, and and also has put their own spin and their own legacy um, on their careers. And I couldn't be more pleased with uh, with Easton and, and how it's gone for him for the five years. Uh, and you know, he's going to get an opportunity to. To compete for another national championship, and the neat thing about Easton, and it kind of goes back to what you know Don was talking about earlier, the individual accolades don't mean a whole lot to him. It's all about the team and what what I can do to make everybody around me better. And I think that's the sign of a great player and a, and a great leader is is do you make everybody around you better? And I'm not talking on the football field. That's a no-brainer. I'm talking off the field. I'm talking in the locker room, in community service. Um, academics, whatever it may be. He makes everybody around him better. Are the NFL guys still as uh, interested in him as they were last spring? So that we're to yeah, they're, they're, about- yeah, they're really interested um, and I think moving forward we'll see some more of those things come out, but a lot of those things don't come out until you finish playing your last college game, but he'll have a lot of opportunities moving forward. Is there going to be a similar situation maybe with the way it was with Carson where he wants to the- NFL guys get to talk to him after NDSU and learn about how smart he was. I think, yeah, I really do. I think uh, when he gets some of those individual workouts and some of the, um, when they bring him to the facility and he gets some of those visits, I think people will see how special a a mind he has for the game. And uh, there's a place for him. Uh, We'll find out. It's just no different when we talked about Carson and stuff. You just got to be liked by somebody and somebody take a chance on you. And uh, I, I'm very confident that uh, he has a he has a big future uh, come next year in the NFL.
1: Chris, do you know if anybody from Kansas State will be at the game on Saturday?
0: I do not know that.
1: I wanted to ask: Is there, and I, I'm not saying favorite, but is there a Frisco game that, that
0: comes right to mind when I ask you? Say, boy, that one, that was fun to be on the sideline for. Well, 11, 12, 13, <laughs> 14, 15, 17 are all pretty pretty cool moments. Uh, I don't know if I can pick a moment out, um, you know, obviously winning the first in, in 11 when it wasn't uh, a lot of people that thought we could go in and beat a, a really talented Sam Houston team. And then I don't know, just to continue the success that we've had, never taking it for granted. And that's something that we realize everybody in that locker room, uh, and associated with the program from Matt to all their administration, they realize how hard it is to do this uh, on a, on a yearly basis. And, uh, uh, I know that we've spoiled an awful lot of, of fans around here, but in the same respect, enjoy it. This is it's a blast. I mean, everybody gets a chance to watch these seniors play one more time for the Bison, and um, what a special group of guys. And so this is going to be the most special one for me because uh, of this group and, and obviously because it's my last one. Eastern's top ten in points per game, but bottom ten in terms of time of possession. Have you ever seen a team like that? Usually they coincide that. Well, it tells you they have a lot of explosive plays, and they have a lot of explosive players, and that's what really worries us. Is I like all their skill guys. I like their running back, like their quarterback. Obviously, they're, they're a big play team, and um, you know that that was evident against Maine. They jumped on them so fast, and you know they have kids that once they get the ball in their hand, whether it's by handoff or, or, or a short throw, they can take it the distance. And um, you know the explosive teams typically have a lot of points and don't. Uh, possess the ball and that's something that the huge key for us offensively is to possess the football and, and be able to have some four or five six minute drives and try to keep their offense on the sideline there's you know there's it's no secret to what the success is for the Bison it's keeping that offense on the on the sideline and keeping our offense on the field and and trying to grind it out now i think it's going to be tougher than what it was uh, last year even though the game was close all the way and then we were able to get a few scores in the fourth quarter. Um, I think they're a much better run defense this year. Is there,
1: they've uh, forced 32 turnovers this year defensively.
0: How they how they've been so opportunistic? You know, I just, you emphasize it, you talk about it a lot and, um, you know, we've been able to do the same thing and I, I know before that Colgate had done, done a really nice job and um, you got to emphasize it, you got to talk about it and, and you have to uh, do it in practice and obviously they're doing a good job and, and for us, same explosive plays and turnovers. We have to win that turnover battle, and we have to be successful on special teams. Their offense,
1: one that maybe has a chance to move it between the twenties more than you'd like, but then it's important
0: to clamp in the yep. zone. Yeah. Uh, they're just because of the explosive players that they have. You know that you're going to give up some of those plays, and then as the field condenses and shortens down, uh, you have to do a good job of not. You know, a lot of times, people give up a 30-yard play, and then all of a sudden. You know, they they panic. They think about that play before. And next thing you know, it's a touchdown. Uh, and, and for us, we have to forget about that next the, the previous play and go to the next one. And they also have a I, I think they have a tremendous kicker as well. So um, you know, points points could be at a premium. And everybody thinks this could be a really high scoring game. Well, you you never know. It could be a 17-13 game like last year. So uh, I think the weather looks like it should be good. But I've seen that before on a Monday and then gone there on Saturday and froze to death. Watch any of uh, Oklahoma and Alabama on Saturday night? To start looking ahead at all. Yeah, I watched a, a little bit um, just as a college fan. I obviously watched Notre Dame and, and Clemson because I have a tie to both schools. And, and uh, texted a little bit with Coach Sweeney uh, yesterday, and, and he said we both have one more to one more to get. And so, um, but no, I just watching it as a fan.
1: And do you see that? Do the guys talk about that around the locker room?
0: What sort of effect does that have on your team? Uh, it's a huge effect, and I'm excited for our alumni practice again. I think last year we had 250 to 300 people. I think it'll be the same, if not more. Every year, I, I keep saying, it, boy, it can't be any more than it was last year. And I, every year, the size continues to grow because more and more people are saying, boy, you missed out. Um, and uh, so I think we'll have another 3 to 350 there. Uh, our, our guys love it, especially the older guys that have that have been able to experience it before. Um, and, you know, for us to spend an hour, hour and a half on the on the field and just talk to guys that, you know, have all the quarterbacks get together and, and take a picture with Coach Hedberg or have somebody that wore your jersey back in 1968 or 70, those things are great experiences that um, – uh, are really cool for our younger guys because they see the legacy and they see the tradition of Bison football, but really special for uh, the seniors and the older guys that have been fortunate to experience this before to say, I'm going to soak all this in. That's what I want those guys to soak in. Is that, That's an unbelievable experience for those guys.